What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. Well, hey, um, today is going to be something that I, I truly, truly hope that you don't allow today to go by as just a box that got checked today because it was Easter Sunday, might as well go to church. Um, even if that was in your mind today, I want you to know that it, it's, uh, God has some plans as well. And he's been, he's been working to get you here. He's been creating intersections of, of, of uh, divine appointment and friends and invitations. And, and so you're not here by mistake today. And uh, even if you're watching online, it's not a mistake either. Uh, we hope that you are able to receive what God has given today. So uh, this is the portion of our worship experience where we open up the Bible. Uh, we see what God has to say. We truly believe that life is better when we live it based on how God suggests we live it versus trying to figure it out all on our own. Um, God is the author of life, therefore he knows how to, how to do this thing. So, so we're going to go into the Bible. So let's go, if you have a Bible with you, let's go to Romans the book of Romans chapter 5 and uh, book of Romans in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans right after that. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We always encourage people, man, get download the free YouVersion Bible app on your phone. Have it with you all the time. It's something every human being on the planet uh, should have on their phone. Puts the, you know, It's kind of hard for me to put my Bible in my back pocket. It takes up a little bit of space. Um, so I don't do that, but I've got the Bible with me everywhere I go in the Version Bible app. Uh, Romans chapter 5. I'm trying to get there too. And uh, as, as we get into the word today, you need to know something very, very special. You, you are the one. You're the one that God's chosen. You're the one that God loves. You're the one that he had in mind when he created the plan of salvation and redemption. And so as we get into his word today, I want you to receive this from the position of somebody who is receiving something very special from God that's just for you. All right, so we're going to read uh, verses 6 through 11. There it is. I already did this once today. I should know where this is. It says, when we were utterly helpless, anybody been in that position before? Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Notice he doesn't say, Paul's not saying you sinners, you dirty, rotten sinners. No, he's saying us, all of us, right? We're all in this thing together. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Love that. He didn't, he, Jesus wasn't on the cross trying to get through those moments, trying to picture and visualize you on your best day, best behavior ever. No, he was visualizing you on your worst moment, when you hit rock bottom, when you were at your worst when you were furthest from him, that's when God says, yeah, that's my son, that's my daughter. I'm going to do this for them. It says, and since we have been made right with God or in God's sight by the blood of Christ, we will certainly, um, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. 
So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. Notice it doesn't say our wonderful new religion with God. It says our wonderful new relationship with God. Because that's what God actually desires to have with you. He doesn't want a religion with you. I'll hit that a little bit more today. He wants a relationship with you. A relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Come on, let's pray and ask God to open our hearts today. Father, we love you. We thank you for what today is, God. Wow, the fact that we get to live uh, and serve a living God. We get to be in relationship with a living God. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. The, the words aren't even adequate to say thank you, but thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for giving your life. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the resurrection. We ask today, God, that in these minutes that we have together, uh, as we celebrate an, an incredible day, Father, that our hearts would be open to receive what you're trying to speak to us. Um, that any barrier that might be up in our life would be torn down right now so that we can receive, so that we can grow, so that we can know you more clearly. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen. Now, I don't know if you figured this out yet or not, uh, but this is not a quiet church. So you don't just, this isn't some TED Talk, so don't sit back and just stare at me. You know, I need to hear somebody occasionally say amen. You can stand up and point at me. You can wave a hanky if, it, if you got it. Just don't get up, just don't throw chairs. We've seen that. Thank you. There we go. That's what I'm talking about right there. Who here loves to get lost? There's always one. There's always one. I see, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Now, no, I'm not talking about like, you know, let's go driving in the country. Let's just get, let's get lost and, you know, we'll find our way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you're intending to get somewhere and then through the process of trying to get somewhere, you don't get there. Because you know, I know it's a little harder for that to happen now because our phones tell us where to go, where to turn, when to turn around when possible, like everything, right? But, it, but still it happens, right? It still happens. I don't like it. Now, it's one thing to get lost when you're trying to get somewhere, but there's another lostness that you can encounter in your life that's way more valuable. And that's when you, you own something or have something or even someone that is of significant value to you that you lose. When you lose that thing, that's not a good thing. You will do whatever it takes to try to find what was lost and that has great value. I want to tell you a little story. Uh, we have, my wife and I have three amazing children. Uh, they're all teenagers now. But years ago, our youngest child, Jaden, uh, was at that, okay, this is, parents will be able to identify with this because at some point your child gets to the age where you still need to hold their hand, but they're not interested in you holding their hand. <laughs> they're like, you know, trying to pull away. You're dragging them. They're just like dead body weight and you're dragging them. And Jaden was at that age where he was ready to explore freedom, yet uh, we did not trust his choices of freedom, right? So, so we're still trying, you know, we're in a department store, in a big department store back east. And, and, uh, and, and so, but, you know, every once in a while you just got to let go because, you know, you just kind of keep your eye on him, make sure everything's okay. Otherwise, you'll lose your mind as a parent. And uh, so, so we kind of let go of his hand for a second. And within, within what seems like seconds, all of a sudden, boom, Jaden's gone. We're like, okay, great. And so at first... Parents will, again, you'll identify with this. The escalation happens quickly. At first, it's like, Jaden, 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 nothing, right? And then you're like, Jaden, <laughs> Jaden, like the inflection, the inflection, Jaden. You know, it's like it begins to escalate. And so, especially with, with mama, like, I'm just like, Jaden, cares. And she's like, Jaden. You know, it's like, like there's no hesitation. She's just going all out to the point where, like, you know, people are starting to kind of give you, you know, wonder what's going on. And so at first, it's like, okay, we'll find him. But when you don't find your child for a period of time, things begin to kick up a notch, right? All of a sudden, your mind does pretty quickly begin to go there like, 
What happened? Where is he? Who took him? Like every case scenario you can think of. And so Colby and, and Kate were there. We're like, guys, we're going to break up. We're going to find your brother. And, uh, and, we, and they were young too. We're just sending them out. Go find, go find him. It's like, you go hit the toys. You go hit the clothes. I'm going over here. You go, you know, we're going we're gonna to find him. Now here's the thing. At no point did we ever look at ourselves and say, well, two out of three. It's not, that's a good, I mean, if you were playing professional baseball, and you're, you're, that's, that's Hall of Fame numbers right there, right? No, no, we didn't have that thought. It's ridiculous. Like, no, no parent in their right mind would, 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 who loses a child would in any way be okay with not ripping the world inside out until you find them. And we did, not the world. But we be, like, we're pulling clothes back. We're looking. We're running all over the place. We're yelling and screaming. You know, it's still at this point, no one's willing to volunteer on our team. But I think we eventually... Last service, I forgot to like tell the ending. We did, we found him. <laughs> we we didn't give we didn't give up. No, we we found him, and, and it was a little terrifying. And he was obviously a little, little terrified in that moment too. But everything was fine. And after we found what was so valuable that was lost, it was a very relieving, a very fulfilling feeling. Now here here's the interesting thing. As much as we would literally rip this world upside down to find our children. The love that God has for you, the love that the Father has for all of us is so much greater, so much greater. There, there, is, there is no distance that he would not travel. There is no gap that he would not cross. And he proved it when he gave his only son. He proved it in John three sixteen, right? Because God loved the world so much that he gave. And I'm so glad that his offering to us wasn't like a $50 bill. Somebody's like, I'll take that. No, it's, that won't pay for it, right? But he gave, he gave the thing that was of greatest value, the life of his son, to be a perfect sacrifice, to pay for the penalty that you and I have incurred but don't have the ability to pay for ourselves. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Until we see God as a passionate pursuer of our lives, we will never fully appreciate the depths that God went or the price that he paid for us. We, we have to have, we have to sit, well, Friday night we had a good Friday service. It was, it was amazing. It was so good. And I, and I challenged this. I'm like, we, we can't just have Passion Week, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, and be like, man, isn't God good? All the time, all the time, God is good. And high-five each other and say, we'll see you next year, you know, and go on with our lives. No, like, we are... We have to allow ourselves, and even if you will force ourselves, to wrestle with the tension between the death of our Christ as well as the resurrection. Like there's, there is, there, and it's not rocket science, there is no life without death. There is no resurrection if there's not a crucifixion. And if we don't live in the real tension that what Jesus did for us is not a fairy tale, but it really happened, that he really was brutalized, that he really was rejected, that he really was turned on, that he really felt rejected from the Father in those moments as he carried the weight of the sin, the weight and the sins of the and the sickness of the world upon his shoulders, that he was beaten beyond recognition, that he had actual nails thrust into his hands, and he had his the, the his back ripped to shreds, his beard plucked out, crown of thorns pounded into his skull. It's not just a Mel Gibson movie, like it really happened. And we have to wrestle with the tension of the reality that the reason why that happened was because of you and me. I was watching it yesterday. 
So that was like the, you know, the, the Bible, and they were doing the Passion one, and I'm watching it, and I'm just, I'm just wrecked. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, it's great to know the other side of the story, but he did that for me. That was, if you, if you want to take it further, that was my fault. But it wasn't just a chain of events, right? Sometimes if you don't look at things through the eyes of, of God who is a planner and the reason why he plans and strategizes is all about bringing relationship back to him. It wasn't just because there were the Jewish religious leaders that didn't like him and a Roman empire that was very anti and that they were just bad people that collaborated together to gang up on a really good person, Jesus, and that there was just the natural chain of events and that's what led to the crucifixion. It was just an unfortunate scenario. Any of y'all remember back when, like, this is way back, so some of y'all might not, but when, like, the, when that, the, the Passion of Christ, that movie, first came out? Like, after that movie was out for a while, there was the biggest controversy, like, oh, it's like they're blaming the Jews, they're blaming the Romans. I'm like, y'all don't read your Bible, do you? <laughs> because you actually think that this was of human construct. Scripture tells us that this was actually God's plan from before you and I were even in existence, before sin even entered the world, before God's creation even came to be. Jesus was involved in the plan of what would redeem all humanity. So, yeah, we can take ownership of the responsibility, realizing that the reason there's even the need for the plan was because of our sin and our choices that dishonor and disrespect the holiness of God and that you and I could never on our best day times a million ever equate anything that would be of value that would, say, that would have God looking at us saying, you know what, you're actually pretty good. I think I'll save you. No, we got, we got nothing. You, you and I, we have nothing when it comes to impressing God with our goodness and our efforts. And God knew that. Like, he, look, he looks at our goodness that we think we have. It's actually not goodness. And it, it's almost insulting, right? It's like God's like, you know all your good deeds? To me, it's like filthy rags. Oh, thanks. Hey. <laughs> Makes me feel. No, but the, paint, the picture that God is painting is that, listen, you know, the good things that you do will never bring you closer to me. And you can't get closer to me. So you know what? I'm going to pursue you. And so we have to look at God as a passionate pursuer of us because that's what Christianity actually is. It's not a religion where we figure out our own path and how to get to God and how to choose God and how who's right, who's wrong, this over here, this. No, God's like, nothing you're going to do is going to help anything, so I'm going to pursue you. But unlike us losing our child, um, God knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly where you are. He knows the state that your life is in right now. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows your wins. But he also knows the things inside of your mind that you wrestle with and the things in your your heart that are broken that maybe nobody else even knows about. God knows where you are. He knows the position where you find yourself today. Even today specifically, he knows whether or not you're here just ready to celebrate a victorious day or whether it was everything in you to drag yourself into this room today. But he's not taken by surprise by any of it. He loves you so much, and he is in passionate pursuit. God's not lost from us. We're lost from him. And here's something that we got to understand is that the most deadly path that somebody can take to God is the one that they build themselves. Scripture actually tells us in Proverbs, it says that there, there are ways that seem right to us, but in the end, it leads to death. God's like, I don't want that for you. I'm going to do whatever it takes so that I can put life back in front of your path so that you can find me when you see Jesus who chose you and is coming after you 
passionately. So, so let me give you a couple things real quick. Two things I'm going to give you. One, the first one actually maybe don't, doesn't sound super encouraging right away, but sometimes you got to have the realistic news to help you get to the good news, all right? So here, here's, here's the challenge. Our sin makes us lost. It's not rocket science when you look at, at, at Scripture, when you look at how God operates with humanity. But I also realize that we live in a world where a lot of people are trying to argue how they're not lost. And that's not new. That's been around ever since people have been around. People think, I know better than God knows how to do things with my life. And then we keep finding ourselves in the ditch wondering, and then we're like, well, God, where were you? God, if you were God, you wouldn't have allowed me. He's like, this is what you wanted. This was your choice. You chose this path because you told me to get out the way because you knew better than me. But you know what's interesting is that we can have that conversation with God, and where is he? He's still there. We become lost apart from Jesus because our sin blinds us to the life that God created us to live. And here's the thing, you got to understand, like, sin is so much less about the rules and the regulations. Here's, you know, you didn't walk into church today and somebody give you a piece of paper that says, here's 20 things you need to not do. And if you ever go somewhere that does that, you should just do yourself a favor, hand it back to them, do a 180, be like, this ain't the church for me. I'm going to find myself somewhere. No. Are there, are there things in the word of God that are like, this is how you should live, how you should? Absolutely. But God doesn't come, with you, doesn't come at you with that first. You're like, God, I need you. He's like, oh, that's such good news. Um, tell you what, we're going to make an appointment for like a month from now. During that time, if you could work on these, that would be great. Because, dang, you know. No. No, he doesn't do that. God works from the inside out. Because let's be real. Some of y'all that are up in here today, you still on the outside might got some stuff you're still working on. You might have a few rough edges on you here today. And we want you to know that's okay. Here at Convo Church, that's a safe place for you. You come work through that mess here. You come work through that mess. You're going to be around people that are going to love you. This is a safe place. You might have to wrestle with some stuff. You might have to unpack some things that were taught to you before that aren't producing life, right? You might have to go through some of that. That's okay. But you keep showing up. You keep showing up because God's doing something inside of you. It started on the inside, but he's trying to work it to the outside. And I'll tell you, you may not be sitting far from somebody who can nudge you and say, hey, I'm here and God's been doing a work in my life. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was either. God is good and he's taking me somewhere. That's a great place for somebody to shout amen. What did I say? Our sin makes us lost. <laughs> but here's the good news. Here's the good news. You know, we're, we're, we're blinded by sin. We're dead in our sin. And that would be our story if it wasn't for Jesus. Enter Jesus. Fully God, yet fully man. Philippians 2, Paul talks about how Jesus didn't consider equality with God as something for him to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he left heaven. He took on the form of a slave. He became a person. And he became obedient to his father, even to the cross. So that, that's where things begin to change. That's where everything begins to turn upside down. Because here's what I hope you take away from here today understanding. Is that wherever your story is right now, it doesn't have to continue in the same direction. You may show up today and there's, you're struggling with stuff on the inside. You're struggling with anxiety. You're struggling with depression. 
You may be even thinking, questioning the value of whether your life is even worth continuing to move forward. And I want to tell you that Jesus conquered that spirit of death that might even be hanging over your head right now. And that's not just some like preacher talk to get a clap and an amen. You need to know God, when you show up to church, God's already here and he's here to do business. He's here to be to you who he promised he would be to you. If we would open up our hearts and open up our ears and open up our minds and put down our, our walls, right, and put down the things that we, that we think that we are keeping ourselves safe when we're actually just keeping ourselves from an encounter with God. If we would be humble enough to lay those things down and say, God, all right, this is going to take courage on my part. I'm going to take a deep breath, but here I am. What do you want to do? Can you take this thing from me? Can you heal this thing that somebody told me I'm going to deal with for the rest of my life? Can you bring joy into my life? I don't even know what that looks like anymore. You need to know that when Jesus showed up on the scene, everything began to change. Our sin may make us lost, but it's God's love that makes us found. It's God's love that makes us found. We're not found because we deserve it. We're not found because of anything that we could ever take credit for. You did not choose God. God chose you. And here's the cool thing. He didn't choose you once you started doing stuff to get his attention. God chose you before you even existed. Here's the thing I love about God is that he knows everything about you. Religion would have God be this distant thing, like up in wherever that wherever God may be, right? And he's just up here watching, even if you think that he's so involved that he would watch to begin with. And he's just up here going like, you know, hey, when, is, uh, when are you going to kind of do that thing and work your way towards me? When are you going to find your path so that you can get to me? Religion does that. Religion paints a picture that I have to figure out how to get to God. Or maybe even I am my own God. So I'll just have to figure out how to be one with myself and be, be a smiley, happy person in the world around me. And therefore, when everything is said and done, maybe I'll get to some heaven. Maybe I'll turn back into dust. Who knows? But I'm going to find my path. No, that's, that's what religion does in people. Which is also why religion paints a way for people to do really, really dumb and evil stuff in the name of faith. That's what happens when we begin to think that we can get ourselves to God. And that's also why it is good news to know that there is one path to get to God. It's not bad news. It's not narrow-minded. It's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a God who doesn't love all people to say the only way to get to God is through Jesus. That's actually love. Let me paint another scenario. If this place caught on fire right now, which it won't, do you, would you want somebody to get up and say, hey, the building's on fire, but I'm sure you'll find your way out some point. Whatever path, I don't want to impose my exit strategy on you. I don't want to cram the opportunity to save your life down your throat. So whatever path you choose to get out of this dumpster fire, you just, I'm sure it'll work out. Or do you want somebody to say, hey, over here, this is the way out. It's a clear path. It's wide open. Follow me. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. So here's the thing. Jesus said some crazy things. If we, if we can be real. Because I talk, I, I, I talk to people all the time about my faith and talk about Jesus. And, 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 and the most common thing I hear, which I actually like because it is an open door for a conversation. I, you know, I don't know about the Jesus thing. You know, I'm spiritual, but I don't know about the Jesus thing. I'm cool with that. Because for me, I'm like, well, if you're cool with spiritual stuff, then I can continue with the Jesus stuff. 
But most people's interpretation of Jesus is built off of the negativity they've seen in people who claim him. So a little reminder as you leave today, check your face. Check your face, check your circle, and check your lifestyle. Because there are people who are watching you call yourself a Jesus follower. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. That's why we got the grace of God. Some people don't go to church. They're like, that place is full of hypocrites. And I always say, there's room for one more. <laughs> because, <laughs> hey, if they let me in the building, they'll let anybody in the building. I can promise you that right now. But here's the thing. You cannot believe in half of Jesus. And when I talk to people, they're like, well, yeah, yeah, Jesus. I'm like, what, what do you think about Jesus? Well, you know, he's a really good person, you know. He obviously did some really cool things and, you know, and uh, it's really, you know, it's really tragic what happened. I'm like, well, he's alive. So I don't know what you're talking about. And like, you know, he was, you know, he was really, he was a good person. It's like, yeah, that's true. But they don't believe the stuff that he claimed he was. Now, if, some, if somebody knocked on your door and said, hey, guess what? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Salvation is found through no one else but me. And if you want to get to the Father, you can only get to him through me. And also, if you don't drink my blood and eat my, you know, you're saying some stuff. You're like, yeah, Jesus, he was just a good person. No, he's either who he says he is or he is a nut job that you need to walk the other way and be like, I'm good. There, there's no, I believe in half of Jesus. And honestly, if I could be real for you right now, I know Easter's a day when people come from all over and, and it's a place where, you know, you came because you got some good friends that just won't shut up. And you're like, fine, I'll go. But here's one of the things that the church has to start getting right that we have not done well with in, I believe, recent history. We have done a really good job of picking the parts of Jesus that we want to celebrate. We have done a great job crossing out the parts of Scripture that we're uncomfortable with, finding the Scriptures that we are comfortable with, the ones that make us feel good, the ones that don't really make us feel like I got to deal with the sin that's in my life, the ones that, that challenge us to transformation from the inside out. Like we have to get better in the church at realizing that it's either all Jesus or it's nothing. And if you're wondering where we stand, we're, we're kind of all in with Jesus. <laughs> we're, we are committed. We are committed at this point. No going back. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. And, and the reason why it can be all or nothing is because you got to understand is that God's an all or nothing God. Jesus didn't kind of go to the cross. Jesus didn't kind of take the punishment for some of your sins. He didn't, he didn't kind of have his body a little bit broken so that the easy stuff that we can justify and, you know, could be healed. No, his, his blood was fully shed for the forgiveness of all of our sin from eternity past to as long as the Lord would tarry while we are here on this earth. And his body was broken for all things to be healed. Now, yes, one day there will be complete, total healing for everything in the presence of God in heaven. Somebody who passes away, who passes away from, from cancer or something like that, guess what? They don't take that with them. And so that healing is there. But I want you to know that we can't just uh, stop wrestling with the fact that God desires to heal people today. And does it always happen the way that we want? No, it doesn't because we don't know the things that God knows. 
and we don't know the things that God's trying to work. If God doesn't heal somebody in the moment, it's because he's working something that we are unaware of. But we continue to believe, and we continue to ask and seek and knock and ask and seek and knock until God shows us what he's doing or changes our heart to be in alignment with what he's doing. But Jesus is everything he said he is, or he's nothing at all. Here's a couple of these scriptures right here. This is where we're going to kind of land this plane. These are some of the things that Jesus said. He said in Luke 19.10, this is Jesus speaking. He says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Why did Jesus come? He's like, well, let me just make this plane for you. I want to find everything that's lost. He's talking about people. I'm going to find everything, every person who's lost. That's why I came. John 3.16, there's also people don't like to continue in the verse 17 and, you know, where, where it talks about how, like, Jesus did not come to judge. And we want to stop there. We're like, good. See, Jesus, he ain't judging me. They're like, no, keep reading. Because Jesus had an assignment in that moment. There will be judgment. There will be judgment. But that's not why Jesus came on earth. He came on earth to be the sacrifice. He came on earth to seek and save that which was lost. He said bold things about himself. In Acts chapter 2, it says this, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's see, who fits into that category? Anyone, right? This isn't like, well, in the original language, if you break that down, it actually means three-thirds of people. No, it's it's stupid. No, anyone, all, everyone, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone. It is God's will that none should perish. Now, will, will there be people who reject God? Yes, we know that. But is that because God wants them to? No. Is God giving up on them? Nope. Aren't you glad? Because you're one of the ones that kept saying nope, and God kept saying yep, and he kept pursuing you, and he's still pursuing you today. Everything meant to destroy you has been destroyed by the work that Jesus did on the cross and then through his resurrection. Absolutely everything. Sin conquered. Sickness overcome. Death defeated. Grave, no more sting. Hell, no more grip. For all who accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, this is our reality. And this is where I want to land, and we're going to pray for you here in just a second. And we're also going to have a moment where we give you an opportunity to check your heart and to say, have, have I said yes to the invitation of Jesus Christ? And no, I don't just mean at one point in your life, Did you pray a prayer? Did you raise a hand? You know, those are always powerful starting points, but are you you still in it with Jesus? For some of you today, for the very first time in your life, on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th, 2022, your life is going to change today. Like for all eternity, your life is going to change today. But before we even get to that point, you need to understand something, that, that Resurrection Sunday is not just about salvation. It's about understanding the power of our God and that he is at work today to continue to bring freedom into your heart, into your mind. Come on, you have a body, you have a soul, you have a spirit. And when we say yes to Jesus, our spirit instantaneously transforms. We become a new creation, but you got to deal with your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Because you can get fired up and pumped up about Jesus on Sunday, but guess what's going to happen on Monday? You're going to get smacked in the mouth with life. So we're going to continue to choose Jesus. 
Are you going to continue to walk in his goodness? Are you going to continue to invite him into the brokenness that you're still walking through? Because, yes, you are redeemed from the inside out, but there are broken things that we have to continue to give to him. And even today, right now, I want to challenge you. If you do me, just go ahead and bow your head right now. Because right now, I think there, before we even get to the point of giving you an opportunity and giving people an opportunity to say yes to salvation in Christ, you got to understand that Jesus also came to set you free with what's going on inside your mind. Even while I've been preaching up here, there's been, some of y'all have been struggling with thoughts in your mind. There's been voices in your mind that have been telling you to reject everything that you've been hearing. That have been saying, yeah, that might apply to everybody else, but that doesn't apply to me. I'm too far gone. I'm too broken. I'm too abused. I'm too manipulated. I'm too far. God's here today to tell you that, nope, you're not. You're not. As a matter of fact, that's why you're here today. That's why your entire life God has been orchestrating to this moment to bring you here, to be encountered in this cross-section of Jesus chasing after you to have his love and his grace poured out on you. You are so good. Come on, Holy Spirit. Do your thing. Do what only you can do. Somebody came in today saying that this is going to be the end. God wants you to know that this is just the beginning. The value that the Father places on your life. You know, we can't, we can't push that off. Well, it's because he loves everybody. No, he, he's thinking about you. Everything he did for all, he did for you. Why? Because you're the one. Jesus did not make the broken things in your life happen. Jesus did not make abuse happen in your life. Jesus did not make rejection happen in your life. We live in a broken, fallen, sinful world. Jesus did not make people say the things about you that you've been struggling with in your mind for years and years. But he is right here, right now, to set you free from the grip that those things have had on you. You are not what people have said you are. And maybe for someone here, you are not even maybe what your parents said you are. You are called, you are chosen, you are loved. You are God's masterpiece. You are redeemed. You are chosen. You are the one. Jesus, right now, I pray, even as we pause in this moment, that you would begin to do in the minds and the hearts of those that are here who need this, that you would begin to do what only you can do. The very power that we celebrate today, that you made possible through your resurrection, we ask that that power would be given freedom and unleashed in this room right now. For people to be set free from what they thought were the failures of their past that the burden and the weight that they have carried because of the words that have been spoken over them by people who they trusted, people that they loved. God, we speak freedom and healing over that right now in the name of Jesus.
spirit of depression, anxiety. We take that captive right now. Somebody came in here wrestling with whether you wanted to even continue with your life. I want you to know that Jesus took that very spirit that's hovering over you and he conquered it on the grave. As a matter of fact, not only did he just conquer it, he took it to hell where it came from. And you need to let that thing go today. You need to stop believing the lies. The Holy Spirit right now, if you invite the Holy Spirit, he's not going to force himself. If you invite the Holy Spirit of God right now, he's going to, he will come in and begin to tell you who you really are. He will begin to reaffirm the value that he has in you. He will begin to cleanse your mind from the thoughts that you have continued to believe and that you have continued to post about and that you have continued to embrace as a part of who you are. And God keeps trying to remind you, no, that's, that's not who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. Thank you again for joining us on the Convo Church podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.